Satan fall like lightning I saw darkness run for cover But the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven I believe in signs and wonders I have resurrection power Yes, I do Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Can we stand to our feet and give the Lord a hand clap of praise today? Come on, you match that and lift up your voice and thank the Lord. Come on, before he does anything in this service, come on, there's plenty to thank him for. Lord, we love you. God, we praise you. We honor you tonight. God, we're thankful, Lord, to be in your house, Lord Jesus. God, we're thankful, Lord, to be together, Lord God. One mind and one accord. God, we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. It feels good in the house already tonight. Give your neighbor a high five and let them know it feels good. Amen. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer today. If you have a prayer request, we'll take those by the lifting of hands. How many knows God knows every solution tonight? How many knows God has everything taken care of? Everything's going to be all right? Amen. Let's go before him by faith for leaving tonight. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We praise you. God, we worship you. We honor you tonight, Jesus. Lord, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to gather together tonight. Lord, with one mind and one accord, Lord Jesus, with like-minded saints. God, we thank you, Lord God, for all your many blessings. Thank you, Lord God, for protecting this sweet God, bringing us all together here healthy, God, ready to worship. God, I pray, Lord, you touch and bless every prayer request. God, every situation, God, you know every need that's in this house right now. God, from the smallest to the largest, God. Lord, and you care for those needs tonight, Jesus. God, I pray, Lord, you move throughout this house, God. From the front to the back, God, every side. Let your glory fill this place, God. I pray, Lord, you anoint our musicians and our singers as they usher us into a time of praise and worship. God, I pray, Lord, you anoint, Lord God, our children, our kids' quests, our teachers, God. Move upon every classroom. God, every teacher, Lord God, let your anointing be upon them. God, we love you and we praise you tonight.
God, we're going to give you all the praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I know it's a Wednesday night, but I wonder if we could give God some praise and worship from a Sunday. Come on, can we give God some Sunday praise and worship? Come on, if you need to get out of your seat. Come on, I already feel the Lord in this place tonight. Praise and worship with our worship team.
Come on, can we lift our hands all across this place today? Close our eyes and focus in on Jesus for just a moment. Come on, can you let him know, God, I give you my all right now. Come on, let that be your prayer. Everything within me, God, I give it over to you. God, every worry, every struggle, God. God, my future, God, whatever we're going through right now, God, I give it to you. God, all my praise, all my worship, Jesus. Lord, we love you, Jesus. God, we thank you, Lord. We honor you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. God, thank you, Lord, for seeing us for who we are, God. Lord, we love you and we praise you, Jesus. Lord, in Jesus' name, we love you, Lord. Amen. Something happens when you allow yourself to open up and just give yourself away to Jesus. Amen. When you begin to take your hands off of things and your mind off of things, and when it just focuses on Jesus, and that's all that matters in that moment, I'm telling you what, when you get to that place, God can give you peace that passes all understanding, joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. I'll let you sleep like a baby at night. Come on, if you have something today you need to give to Jesus, give it all to him today and see what happens in your life. Amen. Because he loves you. He wants the best for you. Amen. Amen. Turn around to your neighbor. Let him know that you're glad to see him one more time today. Ushers, you begin to make your way up tonight. I just have one small announcement. We have a small group tomorrow for married couples, 6.30 here at the church. We had a wonderful time last Thursday and continue to look forward to that. Uh, we do have another small group going to start up later this month with Brother James and Brother Gabe. Information was posted on our church Facebook page on that, so make sure you uh, go to that. If you don't do Facebook, see Brother James or Brother Gabe, and they'll hook you up. Uh, but I want everybody to take a second, everybody's attention real quick, and uh, look up here. Oh, over here, stop. He snuck out. Brother Andy was the one behind the cage tonight. I'm super proud of him. And it sounded really good. Amen. I didn't hear any mess-ups at all. Now, I wouldn't know if you messed up because I don't have any musical talent. But you sound really good, Brother Andy. We appreciate him doing that. Amen. Stepping up. Love it. Grab that offering in your hand. We're going to ask the Lord to touch and bless this offering tonight. Lord, we love you. God, we praise you. We worship you. God, thank you, Lord, for our jobs. Thank you for the provision you've given us, God, for being our provider. God, we take this opportunity, Lord God, to gladly, cheerfully, God, give back to you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and march up your offering today. Sister Aaliyah, she'll start making her way up here. Sister Aaliyah has a special song for us. So as you're taking, bring your offering up today, uh, praise and worship with her. Get behind her.
Praise the Lord. Wow. Hallelujah. Man, that's a tough song. Praise God. Amen. Didn't she do a great job? Amen. Thankful. Thankful for, for those stepping out of the box and, amen, getting out of their comfort zone. Appreciate that. Amen. A couple, a couple to, tonight. Amen. Brother Andy did a good job back there. Amen. And uh, appreciate, appreciate all of you being here tonight. And uh, appreciate what the Lord is doing. Uh, grab your Bible. We're going to get into the Word of the Lord. I, I want to dismiss the Kids Quest. Yes. Kids Quest, you are dismissed. Does any of our kids wear shoes anymore? I'm telling you what. You can tell we're on the south side of Muncie. Yeah. I might have to kick mine off. Amen. Acts chapter 15 is where we're going to go while they're being dismissed. and I want to say something while they're... Taken off here tonight. Uh, those of you that are around me often and those of you around me a lot know me. Uh, I want to apologize. Uh, I'm an open book and uh, sometimes I display and show my feelings. I uh, can't help it sometimes, it just gets overwhelming. But uh, appreciate your prayers and appreciate those, amen, that has texted me and. Uh, give me the word and told me that, you know, they're, they're praying. I appreciate that. Amen. Because uh, I am. I'm an open book and I try not to hide my feelings. And sometimes I express myself openly, but uh, it's because I love you. And uh, I mean that with my heart. Acts chapter 15. We're going to read verses 36 through 40. Acts chapter 15, verses 36 through 40. Amen. This is uh, talking about. Uh, missionary uh, encounter. Some days after Paul said to Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. Barnabas determined to take with him John, whose surname is Mark. But Paul thought it not good to take him with them, who departed from them in Papyria, and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed into Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. I want to I want to just speak tonight on this thought, uh, failing is not fatal. Look at your neighbor and say, failing is not fatal. Thank you. You could be seated. Uh, I, I, I just can't get past this for this week, and it's been nice uh, speaking the last two Wednesday nights and the next two Wednesdays. Brother Wes is going to be teaching or preaching, whatever he feels uh, necessary. But I, I just feel like tonight that there's... Uh, uh, and I have all day, and uh, I'm not one of those that like to dig up stats and statistics and things, but I pulled up a few things today, so I will be just a little bit different. But I, I want to say that here's a, a good example of differences. Not doctrinal. They didn't have doctrinal differences, but personality. Look at your neighbor and say personality. Or even practicality. I mean, you could look at it. A couple ways if you know the story. But Paul had some type of issue with John Mark. He, he did. Uh, who Barnabas had total confidence in. Uh, but he was Barnabas maybe because he was his young cousin. Maybe because he was family. I don't know. But Paul had some kind of feeling about him. And it probably has something to do with his attitude and his feelings. Because on their first missionary trip, recorded in Acts 13, verse 13, if you want to throw that up there, for some reason, uh, John Mark, Mark went back home. 
Uh, and the reason's not clear. Uh, from what I can tell, about three days into the journey, they were going to take their first missionary journey together. And about three days into it, he may have got homesick and just went back home. He went back to Jerusalem. Uh, he, he, you know, the travels may have got to him. I don't know. Maybe, maybe like for some of us, maybe it was the accommodations. Maybe the, you know, the Motel 8 had bed bugs. But for, but for some reason, he went back home, and, and that didn't sit well with Apostle Paul. And, you know, I'm the kind of person, it probably wouldn't have sat well with me. Uh, especially when you're supposed to be called, supposed to make a commitment to do something for the Lord. But the reason's really not clear why he went back home. And for whatever reason, Paul was not pleased. And I believe Paul had it in his heart that he wanted to do something for God and had this crew to go. But here's a, a second trip now in Acts 15 being planned. And Barnabas, once again, wants John Mark to go. And Paul says, no way. It's not going to happen. Now, I want you to think about that. Because I believe Paul probably felt like he was a deserter. He didn't make it the first time. What makes you think he's going to make it the second time? How many's ever thought that about something? You know, well, you know, it didn't work out the first time. What makes you think it's going to work out the second time? Maybe Paul felt like he was a deserter. But whatever it was, it created great contention between them. And so they parted ways. Paul and Silas went their way, and we know, you know the story about how things unfolded for them, and Barnabas and Mark went their way. Now, I want you to think about this, because Mark's return home could be considered a personal failure, because he left the pack, if you will, because he cut out and went back home for whatever reason. It could be justifiable or not, but it still didn't set well with the Apostle Paul because I believe he was a missionary and was on a missionary's journey. When you have a heart like that, you want to see things happen. That's the way I feel sometimes. Amen. God's speaking to this body of believers. God's speaking to us. And sometimes it's frustrating because you see people seem like they're staying in the same frame of mind, doing the same things, coming and going the same way. And I'm sure Paul felt that way about uh, John Mark. Now, they went their way, but his return home, uh, ha- we got to see that as, as maybe some kind of personal failure. And now it's bringing about contention because Barnabas wants him to go once again. But let me say this here. Recovering from failure is almost always possible. Say it, always possible. Recovering from a failure because sometimes failure is not fatal. When we make mistakes or when we do something, it's not going to destroy us. I want to talk about that tonight because failure is painful. It's a painful ordeal. But truthfully, all of us, look, look around, point your finger. All of us, all of us, all people experience Some kind of failure in life. If we'll be honest and be truthful, we we all have experienced some kind of failure uh, in our life. Proverbs 24, 16 says, For a just man, now think about it, a just person, even a person that is doing everything that they can do right, falleth seven times and riseth up again. But the wicked shall fall into mischief, into harm. You see, there's a difference when we make a mistake and we pick ourselves up and go. Come on, it won't won't be fatal. But if we continue in just feeling like a failure, guess what? We'll fall into harm's way. Failure is not always fatal. Look at your neighbor and say, thank the Lord. Man. All the times I've failed, I promise you, I'd have to be a cat with nine lives. And then I'm not sure that would be enough. Now let me, here's some of the stats, and I hope I don't bore you with this. I I tried to use some things that uh, uh, I thought would be 
uh, funny or useful. How many has heard of Thomas Edison? Well, some of us. I'm going to probably talk about a couple people that some of the young people, they don't have a clue. Thomas Edison, now listen to me, after 10,000 unsuccessful attempts to develop a light bulb, here's what he said. And this is, I thought was a great attitude. He says, I, 10,000 times unsuccessful. His comment was, I have not failed. Now, it's not like today's terms. It wasn't me. I didn't do it. It's my assistants. No. He said, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. <laughs> Come on. It's all in our attitude. I may have made mistakes. I may not have figured some things out. I may not know how or what's going on. But what I do know, it's eliminating one by one by one. And I'm learning and I'm growing. And it's not bringing me down. Now, in my generation, we call it learning lessons the hard way. The school of hard knocks. I believe sometimes we learn greatly from some of those experiences. Should have got a big amen out of that. I learn. Listen, we learn from our mistakes. It makes us better if we will allow it. Now, to some of you oldies, how many's heard of Babe Ruth? I'm not talking about the candy bar. The baseball player. Babe Ruth struck out 1,360 times during his career. But man, he was the home run derby. He was the home run guy. He was the guy that go like this. In point. Mess, it would mess the pitchers up. But he struck out 1,360 times during his career. How many's heard of Michael Jordan? Probably not too many. Michael Jordan missed over 9,000 shots in his career. This is his, these are his words. He was trusted to take game-winning shots 26 times that failed. He was entrusted. He was the go-to guy, but in 26 attempts, uh, amen, to win the game at the last second, uh, he failed miserably. This is what he said. I think it's safe to say, uh, amen, both of these guys were talented uh, in their fields, uh, and yet they were not afraid to admit, uh, amen, experiencing failures. What we've got to do, uh, amen, is shake ourselves, uh, amen, step up and say, listen, I have failed. I have fall fallen short. I have missed the mark. I have done some things, but blessed be to God, amen, I'm still going on. Amen. I'm still in the game. I'm still doing it. Why? Because it's not fatal. It hasn't taken me out. I know it sounds silly, but I'm going to say this. I wrote this down. I, I even smiled when I was writing it down because I, I thought, oh, they're going to think I'm crazy. They know I am. I know it sounds silly. You don't drown by falling in the water. Some of you go, oh, yes, you do. I would. You don't drown by falling in the water. You drown by staying in it. It's not the fall that makes you drown. It's the staying in the water that drowns you. That make you smile? I see some of you now. One more, one more. Oh, Abe Lincoln. Oh, Abraham Lincoln. Now, he's an inspiring person in our American history. But only because he was a failure in a lot of things. 
Now, I'll bet some of you, you know, even historians, probably don't even know this. At age 22, he failed in business. At age 23, he was defeated for the state legislator. At age 24, he failed in business a second time. At age 26, his sweetheart died. Wow, that ain't the worst part. At age 27, he had age 27, he had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> that right there would do it. Age 27, he suffered a nervous breakdown. At age 29, he was defeated for the speaker. At age 31, he was defeated for the elector, they called it. At age 34, he was defeated for Congress. At age 39, he was defeated for Congress again. I mean, somebody tell this dude, give up. Right? I mean, I mean I, for me, I mean, in our, in our little Indiana district elections, uh, I would respect, if we don't get a certain amount, you know, the, for, I respectfully withdraw my name. You know, when the first go around, there's like five names thrown out there, ten names thrown out there, and people start popping up. I respectfully withdraw my name because they hear other names in there. They go, I can't beat him. Age 39 was defeated from Congress again. At age 46, he was defeated for the Senate. At age 47, he was defeated for the vice president. My God. I mean, I would go backwards. I'd, I'd try to be a mayor. Councilman, that's not the Lord telling you something. If you're getting beat on these levels, why do you keep going higher? Come on, I, I know this is going to help somebody. At age 49, after being defeated at age 47 for vice president, at age 49, he must have listened to me because he was defeated for the Senate. And then at age 51, he was elected the president of the United States. Somebody said, throw this guy a bone. Somebody said, help a brother out. Come on. Man, some of us, I mean, and I'm speaking for myself. Some of us, man, we just may, you know, if something don't work out the right, man, that's it. Here goes the path. I'm all in. Think about it. Some of these people realize failing is not fatal. It didn't kill them. You don't quit. If you don't quit, if you don't give up, it's not going to get the best of you. I mean, I can, I can stand here tonight and talk about David. Lord, David failed the Lord, but he was a man after God's own heart. Solomon, supposed to be one of the wisest men ever created. Samson, oh, Lord. There's another example. And, and then there's the Apostle Peter. Even the Lord called him Satan. Remember? Get behind me, Satan. Denied the Lord three times. But you know what? At the end, because he didn't quit, didn't give up, didn't run in a corner and hide, didn't take off from the pack, if you will, what did he do? Jesus gave him the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Think about that. He gave him the keys. He said, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. After all those failures, I mean some big time, and being called the devil. We get bothered if somebody calls us some little, you know, slang name. Jesus gave him the key. But put it over here. Matthew, Matthew 16 and 19. Jesus gave him the keys to the kingdom. Now listen, church. This is just, this is just an example of some illustrations that I guess reveal some deep flaws, for lack of better words, in, in people that have failures. Each one of those that we can connect to or relate to whether it's in the world or whether it's in the scripture it shows us the same thread 
if we'll stay at it, even though we may fail, keep pushing. Keep trying. I mean, I don't know how many times it would take to be defeated before I quit throwing my name in the hat. I don't know how many times I have to be embarrassed, uh, come on, humiliated, before I decide to quit. Think about it. But some of these, amen, guess what? They didn't give up. They didn't quit. Uh, amen, don't give me the ball for the last, uh, because the last five times I've missed it in the clutch moment. But you're the go-to. Listen, you're the one that the Lord's called out. You're the, Lord, you're the one that the Lord wants to use. You have, you have the ability. You, come on, you have the ability. There's something in you that God wants to use. Amen. And all you've got to do is realize, uh, I can't quit because failing is not an option. Uh, amen. It's not fatal. Uh, amen. I'm not going to let it kill me. I'm not going to let it get me out. Uh, I'm not going to let it put me out of the game. Uh, I'm not going to make it stop me trying. Second. Timothy 4.11. Look at this. Paul reconciled with Mark. Here's what he said. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark. Bring him with you. Look at that. Now notice the contrast. Because it was great contention. Now, Now look at me. Some time went by. And I believe it's about nine or ten years. <laughs> Some time had went by. But Paul, he didn't just stick to his guns. He humbled himself. He reconciled. He said, listen, I'm not going to let it get the best of me. There's, there's some great things that's taken place. And so he says, listen, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. After time, come on, after time, the devil's going to recognize you've proved yourself. Come on, you keep on. You keep on chugging. You keep on fighting. You keep on getting back up. You keep on standing up to whatever it is. Amen. Because we know what happened. Barnabas had some kind of faith in John Mark that Paul didn't see. John, uh, John Mark had something about him, uh, amen, that maybe Paul, personality trait or, or character trait, something about him maybe didn't click. There's some people that sometimes, uh, amen, you meet them, uh, you just have this, I don't even think I like them. Don't know them. There's a feeling. Sometimes, look, watch. And I'm bad. Sometimes when somebody does something to you, it's hard to let go. Now you start watching every move they make. Uh-huh. To be justified. But Paul says, listen, he, he has, he's, a, he's been profitable to me for the ministry. And Mark went on to write the second gospel. What if, what if Barnabas, what if, what if Paul, what if they would have just gave up on him? What if Barnabas would have sided with Paul and said, you know what, you're right. John Mark kick mud. Get out of here. Because, you know what? When you, when you really study it out, you'll find out. You know, you know how Paul got acquainted with the group? Because everybody knew who Saul was before his name changed to Paul. And guess who was the one that helped Paul get acquainted? Guess who it was that took up for Paul when others said, do you know who this guy is? When they were ready to give up, when they had questions about it, it was Barnabas. It was Barnabas that stood up for Paul. And now, because, uh, having a great friendship, amen, guess what Barnabas is doing? He's standing up for somebody that he knows got potential, that he knows has something. And what he does, uh, he looks at his friend Paul, who he's already spoke up for, and he says, listen, uh, you're wrong about this. Uh, you've got to give him a second chance. Uh, you've got to let him do it again. Uh, amen, don't keep it over his head. What if Barnabas would have caved in? You know, Paul, me and you've been buddies, man. We, we're tired. We're 40 fat preachers in a Volkswagen. We're tired. And you know what? You're my friend. I stuck up for you before. You know, I'm going to tell Mark he's got to go. 
I'm already done. What time has he got to go? We don't, listen, we don't need that kind of attitude around here. He don't want to take the trip. He can't make the journey. He ain't tough enough. He can't play in the game. He keeps missing the shots. He keeps striking out. He thinks he's going to make some little piece of glass light up. I mean, I, I, I think about that a lot. What guy in his right mind wakes up one day and says, you know what? I'm going to take a, try to make, take a piece of glass. I'm going to try to make it light up. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I think I'm going to make it light up, and I think somehow it's going to be something great. Think about it. Who does that stuff? Geeks? Nerds? Yeah. I I couldn't think of it. Who thinks about putting a bunch of equipment together, putting some ink on a little circle, and putting paper on it and having to open and fold. Printing. Set and type. I remember the first spring press I got that was a, a what they call a windmill. We pick it up and flip it around, pick it up and flip it. Because we had a print shop for years. And we had to move that. That thing weighs a ton. We had to have a tow truck bring it, move it into our, our building. And I I don't know how many times, because I used it to do envelopes. It was easier because the offset press would flip them things through, and, you know, you'd get all frustrated and just throw the whole thing in the, in the middle of the shop. It just wasn't working right. But I, I don't know how many times I thought, who thinks of this? How this, I mean, because it's a lot of stuff. Who thinks about some of these designs Working on vehicles, computer chips, a brain in a, a vehicle. I remember the first time I heard a guy say, well, I think your brain probably went out. Really? No, I mean, I, I, I said I had a little fun. I, I don't, but some of these things that we think silly, some of these things we, we can't see beyond. But thank God. Some of you see something in somebody else that somebody else don't see. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, over here. Right here's a good one. She sees something in him. I don't see it, do you? Mom might. And it could be said, he sees something her, and you think, what's that all about? I'm having fun now. And y'all laughing and smiling, but you know what? One of the days you're going to be sitting with somebody just like that, and, and, and I might be able to say the same thing about you. What make? listen, we're all in this together. We say that all the time, right? Stand with me. We're all in this together. We all, I don't care who you are, from Brother Hardy Ministry, even Brother Joe Thornburg, we've all failed. Brother Miller, I bet he has. One time, yeah. We've all failed. We've all made mistakes. Now, listen, some seems to be more horrific. But it doesn't really, I mean, really, when it comes down to it, it doesn't really matter. If something can keep you out of heaven, it doesn't matter the magnitude of it. And, and the Lord showed me that working in a prison. You know, you might get a hatred for a, a child molester or somebody that hurt somebody or, or killed somebody or beat somebody up. But when you look around, it doesn't matter whether it's that kind of problem or something else. You're all in here together. All doing the same time. Some just have to deal with the mental aspect. Get this, the mental aspects of it. And that's what all this is about. It's how we see ourselves. How about let's how, how about let's be like this old secular feller named Thomas Edison? 
I haven't failed. I just found out that was a mistake. That's it. And go on and move forward. Paul says, listen, I realize John Mark is, is not a... He's, he's not something that's holding me back. It's not something that I need to keep hold on. Guess what? He's profitable to me for the ministry. Listen, God wants to use some people. Listen to me. I'm preaching tonight. God wants to use some people, and he wants some of us to step up. You think, I can't do much. It don't matter how much you do. Uh, amen. It's just do what God wants you to do. Uh, and it's a good thing that Barnabas uh, spoke up for John Mark. Uh, why? Because Mark wrote the second epistle. He wrote the second gospel. Amen. And thank God. Uh, amen. He recorded things uh, that others didn't see either. Proverbs 17, 17, throw that up. Being patient with failures of others is a godly characteristic. I'm, I'm learning that on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Being patient with people that have failures. And what I have found out <laughs> is sometimes we that have failed... We're the most critical of those that do something. Well, they should. And we don't want them to get by with it. If we would just step back and say, wait a minute. <laughs> and such were some of you. I was there. I've been there. I've got to understand that being patient with the failures of others is a godly characteristic. Why? Because he's a friend. How many knows that he's a friend that sticketh closer? And that's why Proverbs 17, 17 tells us, A friend loveth at all times. Because failure is not fatal. I don't like what you're doing, but I love you. Love don't change. Come on, we allow it. We allow things to change it. But love, if you have a love for God, I don't care what happens in your life. If you have a love for God, it shouldn't detour you. It might cause you to step back. It might cause you to fall. It might cause you to feel some things. But guess what? If you have the love for God that you should have, guess what? It's going to happen. You're going to stick with him. How many glad he's your friend? I'm glad he's my friend. I'm glad he sticks with me because he's a friend that loves at all times. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for encouraging. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord God, for these examples, God, that you have given us, Lord, these illustrations. God, throughout the word of God, great men that we honor, that we esteem, Lord Jesus. Great people, Lord God, have come and gone, Lord, have failed, God, but have risen up. Lord, have lifted up, Lord Jesus. God, you've used them, Lord. Thankful, Lord God, for the Apostle Peter preaching this message that we're still preaching, Lord. God, being repentant, Lord Jesus, being baptized in your precious name, being filled with the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for giving him the keys. Thank you for allowing it, Lord, because you've seen in him something that others did not. And, Lord, I know you see that in us. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Shake hands and be friendly. Amen. Failure is not fatal.